pediatric junkies. This is Josie, back with another episode of the SNAP Podcast. Tonight, I'm going to be chatting with Jennifer James, who is a student to new professionals liaison to the Early Intervention SIG for the Academy of Pediatric Physical Therapy. She's a recent grad who graduated from the University of Oklahoma in 2016 and went straight into early intervention in North Carolina. Let's hear what she has to say about the early intervention SIG. So thank you so much for joining us, Jennifer. To get started, just for our listeners, can you explain a little bit about early intervention and what uh, your SIG does? Because we are geared towards students and new professionals. So this may be the first time that some of our students are hearing about early intervention and what a SIG is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So early intervention is actually based on uh, the federal law the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, which we call IDEA, and we are Part C. And uh, what that law basically says is that all children um, who are eligible as children with delayed development or with a developmental disability have the right to a free and appropriate public education. And what that means for children age zero to three is that they are eligible for services provided in their natural learning environments to help them grow and develop as close to a typical progression of development as possible. And so that's sort of what the federal law, the federal law mandates some of who is eligible and and that the services are to take place in a natural environment with the child's caregivers or other important people in the child's life. And then each state sort of determines within the state law how that's specifically delivered. So one of the big things that is different about early intervention than other settings is we are always in a child's natural context. So we don't do early intervention in clinics. We do early intervention in homes and community locations and sometimes child cares, if the child is in a child care, um, places like that. And we work very, very closely with families. So it's really more than just trying to get a child to, to learn a specific movement or, or gain a specific skill. It's more about helping families sort of learn to navigate the process of having a child with a developmental delay or a developmental disability. And we're really working in partnership with caregivers and families uh, to help children develop. So it's, it's a little more holistic than some areas of PT that I've been exposed to, uh, which is part of what I really enjoy about early intervention. And sort of as a byproduct of that, we tend to work very closely with other disciplines in EI because a lot of children need expertise from a lot of areas. Um, and especially if you're in, for instance, I'm in a very rural area. And so you get to know sort of everyone who's providing services for children zero to three in your area. Uh, and so with the EI SIG, our role is really just to provide information to therapists who are practicing in this setting, which I think is especially important in this setting because I am one of the only EIPTs in like a five county region. So it it can be a sort of more isolated setting sometimes. Uh, So that's a big part of what we do is sort of building community, providing resources, and then also advocating for early intervention as far as federal funding, state funding. We hear a lot of things about early childhood and what that looks like. And so part of our other job is to be the voice of PTs in that larger early childhood education community. 
Right. And so my experience with early intervention, I don't have a vast experience by any means, but come to find that you guys are some of the most creative and flexible therapists out there. Because like you said, you're in somebody's home, you're working with what is there already, and then trying to bring in other services. So you really have to be thinking on your toes, like 100% of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's also something where you learn, I always tell people, I learn as much from the families I work with, I think, as they learn from me, because it really is more of a partnership. And uh, a lot of the talk now in early intervention is about what we call the coaching model, which is has to do with this idea of rather than being directive with parents and children, it really is more of a partnership. And I think that makes you have to be so much more creative, because you're not going in and assuming my idea for what this child needs to do today is the right one. You're going in and you're saying, let me see what's happening and then sort of join this family in brainstorming about how to make it better. So it's very collaborative, which is what I love the most. Yeah, that, I mean, it's excellent. And that's kind of the point of the SIG is to bring together a community of therapists who are all working in the same area and kind of making that field of physical therapy the best that it can be. Yes, absolutely. So you talked a little bit about advocacy, um, getting together resources, but what are the current goals of the early intervention SIG? Okay, um, so the big goals of the early intervention SIG are really, so we think about PT is really a small portion of what is happening in the larger early intervention community. And so there's two things that we sort of have to consider with that. One is this idea of making sure that as different states are mandating different types of service provision or as state laws are shifting or as people are considering what does best practice look like in early intervention, uh, the EISIG has a goal to be a resource for physical therapists who are looking to ground all of this early intervention information in specifically, okay, so from a PT perspective under, you know, what we know about what physical therapy is, how, how do I operationalize this? How do I make this work with what I actually do every day. And so to that end, we do fact sheets and responding specifically to questions maybe from different regions or different states or different individuals, um, web calls, things like that to just address as best practice for early childhood emerges, we want to address that in a specific PT context. Um, but then also because PT is a small but strong voice in the EI community, we really want to be active in saying, here, here we are as physical therapists, and here is what's important to us, uh, whether that's at a state advocacy level, whether that's at a federal advocacy level, whether that's even locally um, advocating for, you know, how referrals work in a specific system or, you know, helping students and, and providers who may be in another setting understand what is EI and, and why are these therapists here and what does that even look like? Because it's not something that everybody knows a lot about. So those are the sort of the big things that we work on. Yeah, absolutely. And helping people define what we do is a big issue and topic in physical therapy in general, right? Defining what do we as physical therapists do? And then more specifically as an early intervention therapist, what do you do? So it's amazing that you have these resources and the ability to um, provide information to therapists, whether they've been practicing for a long time, whether they're just getting into advocacy or whether they're just getting into the field in general. Where, Absolutely. Where would our uh, listeners find some of this information? Yeah, that's a great question. So the as we all sort of know, the Academy is undergoing this transition um, and part of that has involved the website. So there are some very, very good early intervention fact sheets that you can access through the SIG page. 
Um, so there's there's several sort of about different different pieces, whether I, I believe there's one on the primary service provider model, there's one on natural learning environments, there's one on just general service provision. Um, there are also some resources about PT under IDEA generally. Uh, so those resources are available Amazon, things like that. Um, you can get those books. But in general, the SIG website is a good place to start for some of the fact sheets and some of that more specific information. Absolutely. And at the end of this, I will make sure to link all of these resources in our description of this podcast episode. So don't feel like you need to be writing anything down right now. So my next question is, it sounds like there's a lot going on in the SIG and like you have a lot of people working in it. Do you feel like there's room for more volunteers, especially from students or new professionals? Absolutely. So we talk about this every time we meet as a SIG because there are a lot of, and really even as a student, something I was told is EI is not a place for new grads because it can be hard if you're isolated geographically to really feel plugged into the PT community. And a lot of people are afraid of that. But also the EI profession is in desperate need of PTs, uh, especially in rural areas, which I can speak from personal experience there. So we love to have student and new professional involvement because we really want to see the next generation of EI therapists be excited and be well informed. Uh, So, yeah, we are actively looking for people to help us manage, you know, communications and figuring out what does it look like to reach a wider base of people who maybe aren't already interested in EI, but maybe don't know what EI is, but maybe have a skill set that would translate really well to early intervention. So absolutely, there is room for students and new professionals. You guys are exactly the people that we are looking to have be a part of all the things that we're trying to do. We love hearing that. So who do we reach out to to get involved? Yes. So right now, um, that person is going to be me. Uh, And I can say my email. Uh, so it is easy. It is Jennifer period James at dhhs.nc.gov. And uh, if you have any inkling of, hey, I'd like to be involved in this, shoot me an email and we will, we're currently working on some specific projects that we'd love to have some student and new professional involvement with. Perfect. Do you have the ability to elaborate on them or are they still kind of in the works? Um, I mean, the big things that we're looking at is looking at communications. So if that's if social media is an interest of yours, if working on video is an interest of yours, if working if working on things on that level um, and even, you know, organizing our website to help it be more accessible to students, because I think sometimes there's sort of a jargon, the more the more specific that you get in your practice. And so we really want the way that we're communicating to be something that students feel connected to and that they feel like they understand. Uh, And so that's something that we're especially looking for people who you know, have ideas about how we can communicate more effectively with other people who have an interest in serving very young children and their families. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is going to be a theme throughout some of the SIGs that that's where they're really looking for involvement and how to reach out to this new kind of generation of therapists that are coming out and skill sets that as millennials, we most likely have. We were the social yeah, media absolutely. And we're the electronics generation. So um, that's awesome to hear that you're looking for skill sets that aren't necessarily you being a super experienced clinician. They're things that we've learned outside of PT school. 
Oh, absolutely. And it's also so important for us to hear the voices of people who don't have a bunch of experience in early intervention, because we sort of know what we sound like to ourselves. But when you're thinking about, you know, how, how accessible is all this information that we're sharing to a student, that's, that's also, you know, even just feedback like that is really valuable, I think, to all the special interest groups. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to get involved. I know, like you said, the APPT is restructuring the website right now. They're also kind of restructuring the academy. Are you guys going to see any of this change within your SIG as far as restructuring um, how your chairs are or your board? Um, Our board is going to stay the same for right now. Um, So as far as what members are a part of the board. There will probably be some shifting with that sort of as people shift into other positions kind of throughout the academy. Uh, mm-hmm. But our board right now is going to stay, I, I believe, at four members, uh, which one of those is a dedicated uh, student and new professional liaison. So that's something that we really feel like is important. Uh, but yeah, so we're not going to restructure it that level right now but it's also one of those things that I'm sure will continue to evolve as we see sort of where some things go with the academy sort of at large. Absolutely and so talking about all of these things that are really exciting we just had APTAC uh, where a lot of the SIGs have the opportunity to meet with all of their members. The next big meeting is CSM which I'm personally really excited about. Um, Do you guys have any events happening at CSM so that if students or new professionals are interested, they can come talk to people face to face? Absolutely. So we will be meeting during the all sleep meeting time, which I believe is at 730 in the morning, uh, which is, you know, that's what we do at CSM. We go from uh, morning till nighttime. That's one of my favorite meetings that I go to all year, just because there will be people from all different regions who specifically are interested in love early intervention at that meeting. And what I really love about that is it's very easy to feel like you're on an island in EI, or even as a student looking to go into EI, because it can look so different from state to state. So if you're thinking like, man, am I interested in this? I don't even really know. Like, maybe I know what it looks like in North Carolina, but I live in, you know, maybe even Virginia, even though they're states that border each other, it's very different. And so if you're looking to specifically learn about what EI might look like where you're intending to practice, that meeting is a really good place to start. Yeah, that's such a great opportunity, especially at these national conferences. And you're talking about EI, especially the fact that services change based um, on your state laws. Getting to talk to one person, they probably know somebody who knows somebody, at least who's practicing in the same area that you are. Definitely. Able to elaborate and even form somewhat of a mentorship opportunity for you. And in early intervention, especially like you mentioned, I mean, it's you in the home and you're traveling house to house. And so it can kind of feel like you're a little isolated. You're not always going back to an office where you can troubleshoot everything, um, problem solve with your colleagues. And so having those contacts is super important. I can't emphasize enough how important mentorship is in early intervention because it is a it is a practice area that is very doable as a new graduate, but you've got to have a network to help you understand Uh, because it it is something that is a little bit different from what we think of when we think of physical therapy in a lot of ways. And so, but the other thing that I love about the EI community is there are a lot of people who are excited 
to see new faces. Like we, EI is not a community where it feels like, well, I haven't been here long enough. I don't have, you know, the, I don't have the credibility to be talking in this circle. It really is a community where we are excited for new people to be interested in the, the practice area that we love. So if you are even thinking about it, like really don't be shy to seek out mentorship because the EI community is very enthusiastic about that kind of thing because we know how important it is. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think as a student, I went to CSM and I kind of didn't understand what to expect from these SIG meetings. Can you kind of elaborate what should a student or new professional that's attending one for the first time, what are they going to get out of a SIG meeting at CSM? Absolutely. So one thing that they're going to get is an overview of what the SIG is actively doing. And I think that that's important because it helps you know, if you are looking to get involved, you may hear, I know uh, last year at CSM, we talked about specifically a couple of fact sheets that we wanted to make. And so, you know, students have the opportunity to say, hey, as a student, like, this information would be helpful to me. Or maybe it's, hey, as a student, I have some talent in, you know, graphic design or something that might be really helpful as you're, as you're working on that. And it gives you the chance to kind of jump in at that level. But the other thing that I love about SIG meetings is there's typically a discussion of what's happening in the, in the field of practice as a whole. So people will share different trends. We'll talk about sort of what, what's happening as far as, I know last year we talked a lot about opioids because that's something that really impacts the early intervention community. Um, but And you'll get to hear just different people from different experiences in different areas talk about what that looks like for them. And it really is, is something where you should feel open as a student to chime in with your questions and thoughts too. Because again, like your perspective is really valuable. Uh, and so that, I mean, it really is just a chance for us to sort of share, here's what the SIG is doing. Uh, and then find out how we can support members better. And as students, you know, we want you guys to consider yourselves a part of the membership of the EI SIG, whether you're actually a member yet or just considering it. We want to know what's helpful to you. What do you need to know? What what would make you feel more supported as someone who's coming to the SIG for resources? So I think those are the big things to be prepared for. But mostly, I would just say not to be intimidated. It can be sort of scary to be like, I'm going to go to this meeting and nobody's going to know who I am, but just go and, and don't be afraid to just sit next to someone and ask them. People in EI love to talk about where they're from because typically it's, you know, they're from somewhere different from other people in the room because again, we tend to be more spread out. Just ask them where they're from, ask them about what their practice is like. Uh, and it, it really, it's not something where you should feel awkward. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. Um, so I'm practicing right now. And I'm in acute care. I'm going to be going into an outpatient setting soon. I haven't ever really thought of myself as um, being interested in early intervention. But just having this conversation with you has kind of pumped me up to look into it a little bit more as a new professional. Because you're right, there's a there's a stigma that it's tough to get into. But I agree with the right support really anywhere in the academy, you can find a community. And it sounds like the early intervention community is ready and willing to help. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this call, Jennifer, and I can't wait to hopefully get to see you at CSM. Absolutely. You guys, that conversation got me seriously pumped up about early intervention, and I don't even work in EI. So if you're interested, be sure to reach out to Jennifer or go to their meeting at CSM or go to both so that you can start getting involved before CSM in February. If you need any other information, feel free to check out their SIG page, which is on the Academy's website, which is linked below this podcast in our description. 
As always, thanks for joining us.